good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut. He didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They are going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Buju relatives, this is Okamaganuakwe. Today, Robert Pilot had to be away from the show, but I am here uh, hosting with Dr. Anthony Stately, the CEO of the Native American Community Clinic in North Minneapolis, or is it just downtown Minneapolis? Franklin Avenue, Minneapolis, I believe. And uh, we're here tonight and plan to talk a little bit about some of the things that have happened with uh, mental health resources and uh, other issues uh, across Indian country as a result of uh, COVID-19, which are things that are kind of still ongoing, uh, even though we're, you know, supposedly, according to the government, on the tail end of this pandemic. Um, but I'm sure Dr. Stately would have some more to say about that. Uh, first and foremost, though, and without further ado, I want to let everybody know that this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And I also want to let everybody know that, unfortunately, the DIW, Department of Indian Work and Interfaith Action of St. Paul, event that was planned tonight at Dayton's Bluff Elementary from 4 to 8 p.m. has unfortunately been canceled. Uh, the event was supposed to have COVID-19 shots, boosters and flu shots, as as well as free coats and boots for young people um, and walk-in appointments available. But uh, they're working on getting this rescheduled. I'm assuming this is due to the weather. Uh, so again, the Winter Resource Wonderland event that was scheduled at Dayton's Bluff Elementary from 4 to 8 p.m. tonight in St. Paul, Minnesota, has been canceled or has been postponed um, and they're working on getting a rescheduled date for that. So we will announce it again uh, when it comes through um, what is happening with that. Um, I also wanted to just take a minute here and talk about a couple of things, um, kind of wrapping up with some things that we talked about before. Um, last month, I talked about the findings from Wadukawad Amikwag, uh, which is a citizen science group um, that has been co-sponsored by Honor the Earth, Rise Coalition, the Sierra Club, um, and the Beyond Oil team to bear witness to the devastation Embridge caused land and water in the Anishinaabe uh land in northern Minnesota. And uh, there are further resources that they sent out today for folks who were not able to join uh, to find out about those fight uh, findings that uh, happened. I know I did give a brief on it, um, but there are options to take action on this now. Um, and the, one of those ways is to demand that federal agencies hold Enbridge accountable for Line 3 destruction. The l state agencies like the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency have not stepped up to monitor the ecological fallout caused by Line 3 construction. There is currently a petition that's available calling on the EPA to and the Army Corps of Engineers to be able to take action to hold responsible parties accountable and prevent future harm uh, from happening in those instances. And um, it's really, it, it just breaks my heart, uh, the amount of water that's been damaged and the um, irre irre irreplaceable, irreplaceable, irreversible damage that has been done, especially on the Fond du Lac Reservation. Uh, they're currently in litigation with Enbridge Energy trying to figure out a settlement for uh, problems that were caused by their water um, during the construction of Line 3. Um, if you missed it, you can find Wadukawad Amitquag as uh, those who helped the beaver on YouTube, and they have a Line 3 uh, destruction opening panel, and they also have their uh, live uh, findings, question and answer portion uh, from their um, events back in November. Um, they are going to continue their monitoring and advocacy work. And in the meantime, um, 
There is a Beyond Oil meeting uh, that is happening on Wednesday, January 11th at 6.30. Um, You can find the meeting for Beyond Oil at sierraclub.org slash Minnesota Beyond Oil. And you can sign the petition at ACT dot sierra club dot org slash actions and uh, you can search for it and it's demand federal agencies hold Enbridge accountable for line three destruction it is an absolute devastation what's happened here in Minnesota and I for one am um, interested that people if you have a, a heart of um, being here in Minnesota that you take that time to sign those petitions to do that uh, work to do what you can um, to help that. So on that note, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is uh, Mansion's Dirty Deal. Dr. Stately, have you heard about Mansion's Dirty Deal? Oh, Dr. Stately. Um, I have not, I've not heard about Mansion's Dirty Deal specifically, but I can just imagine what it has. <laughs> so Senator Joe Manchin is from West mm-hmm. Virginia And he's a notoriously fossil fuel friendly senator. And he's attempting to latch uh, deregulation and permitting reforms to a must pass defense bill. Um, And he has already failed once at getting what's been dubbed a dirty deal uh, passed earlier this year. But uh, it's still up um, in the House and the Senate. um, And you need to call your senators and ask them to vote no on Manchin's dirty deal. Uh, The Indigenous Environment Network lists Senators Warner, Booker, Cantwell, Osloff, Van Hollen, Cardin, Warnock, and Peters. Again, those are all senators. Um, if you go to Indigenous Environmental Network on social media, you will find a list of them. But the reason that this dirty deal is so dangerous is because, among other things, the bill would automatically approve the Mountain Valley Pipeline, uh, which would override its permitting process and the objections from Virginia senators and the communities around that project. Um, it would cut public comment period for all energy projects. The public comment period is an important part of um, talking with uh, Native communities as well. It would not allow the public to challenge illegal projects in court if they cannot file their lawsuit within 150 days of the decision. It establishes an unreasonably short and arbitrary deadlines for the review of these progress or projects. And there's other provisions to rust permitting processes and green light fossil fuel projects. So these are really, really not great things when we're talking about uh, the government in uh, the Biden administration wanting to talk about um, working with native people and to um, talk with us before these projects come up. So Um, If you have time, again, reach out to your senator, reach out to some of those senators uh, that I listed and uh, give them a call and tell them, you know, don't pass this deal. This is not a good deal for uh, the U.S. It's not a good deal for Native people. Um, It's not a good deal for the environment. Um, In lighter news, I wanted to just congratulate Red Berry Woman, who was given the honor to create a gown for Miss Minnesota, Rachel Evangelisto, who's a member of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, and it was for the Miss America stage. So uh, they had an orange dress for her uh, to represent children who endured the boarding schools, and it had a hand-beaded smoked hide um, for the chest of the gown and the shoulders. It was an upcycled gown. Um, It really was beautiful. So if you get a chance, head over to Redberry Woman's page and check out that gown or take a look at Miss Miss America 2023 and what Miss Minnesota was wearing. And then uh, Dr. Stately, do you watch the People's Choice Awards? Um, It's not a regular thing I watch, but I did see a clip from... Yes, Lizzo amp- yeah, Lizzo amplified Illuminative at the People's Choice Awards. Uh, she gave credit to uh, Crystal Echohawk, who was on stage with her, for doing uh, the work to make Indigenous people less invisible. So, Dr. Stately, we just have about 30 seconds left here. And uh, after this next segment, we're going to be talking about... Um, you know how COVID has affected a lot of services available to Native people in uh, yes. Indian country. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, we'll be right back with Dr. Stately here in uh, just a couple of minutes. So hang tight and tune in.
If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. This is Ogama Ganuakwe here with Dr. Anthony Stately, CEO of the Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, uh, where our mother station broadcasts out of. We're so excited and very grateful that Dr. Stately has agreed for a second time this week uh, to co-host and uh, guest host for us um, as uh, Robert has, Robert Pilot, our uh, host and uh, founder of this show uh, is unable to be here with us tonight. So glad you could be here. And uh, it sounds like you've got a couple of events that you want to touch base on tonight, Dr. Stately. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, well, one event that I want to um, kind of um, amplify is an event for um, uh, that is for uh, the Nukui, I think, language project. I mean, it's, I just, I think I texted it to you, but I, now I can't find it. No, that's okay. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I'm just looking and I may butcher this. Uh, it's Waikoi Nandakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinakinak
um, and a cultural educator. Um, she's Leech Lake Band Ojibwe. She will also be a speaker that night. And then um, the executive director of Women Winning, Nevada, uh, Nevada Little Wolf, also Leech Lake Band Ojibwe, and the Minneapolis City Council President, Andrea Jenkins, will also be um, offering up some words that evening. Um, but if you if you if you get a VIP ticket, you also get to eat the delicious um, uh, uh, food prepared by the um, the people of Olamni uh, Restaurant, which is the best, which has been voted uh, or named by the James Beard Foundation the best restaurant in America for 2022. Pretty fantastic. I hope it would be the best restaurant in America because it's really the only restaurant or one of the only restaurants um, in all of Turtle Island that serves true American food, food that was here uh, before we were colonized and food that was eaten here on Turtle Island. So, Food before it was America. Yes, food before it was America. Exactly. So you would think that would be the number one restaurant in America, right? Right, exactly. However, so if you haven't eaten at Awamni, here's a really great opportunity to support a wonderful organization. This is a Dakota and Ojibwe language immersion program for preschool kids um, doing some amazing work. Um, your ticket will be um, supporting um, uh, their program, and you'll get to hear some really wonderful people in the community talking about um, the importance of um, uh, teaching our children their language early, how important it is for the, how important language is for our cultural um, life ways and um, in, in supporting that um, in young children all the way from like um, early childhood all the way through adulthood. Um, so uh, pretty exciting. Um, and, um, and, what, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but I think this was a really important piece of information that is embedded in the press release. And of course, it makes sense to me. There's, um, re- there's early research that shows that the children who, are, um, who participate in like a language immersion program, such as Ojibwe in Dakota, at, at, um, at, um, that they um, outperform uh, children who are not in language immersion programs. Um, uh, in um, in uh, their academic performance uh, throughout their lifespan. So, well, yeah, that absolutely yeah. makes sense. They know two languages, and their little brains are able to think in more than one language. So, yeah, yeah. It, ampl- it amplifies the ability for them to actually engage in early critical thinking development, which actually um, work, you know improves their um, overall academic performance um, throughout their life. So. Is that your puppy I hear in the background, Dr. Stately? He Throwing is. You know what? He, he, the little stinker, he has pulled a, a Christmas bulb off the tree. Give I was me. wondering, it's a familiar sound. Uh, we hear that at my house as well. Uh, my yeah. nine-month-old is just tall enough to pull the lowest bulbs off of the tree, uh, despite the tree being up on like yeah. a step bench in our house. So yeah. I'm familiar with that sound. I was wondering so if that's what right it was. Uh, why I took it from him. He's like, yes, that would be it. Um, so that's well, a really I'm- great opportunity to support a really wonderful um, organization. Um, I got that press release today from my good friend, Jewel Orkren, Arkren, who I went to high school with. Um, and I plan to buy a ticket. I might buy a ticket for um, one of my relatives. And that could be like a little Christmas soiree that we do, our little New Year's soiree, maybe, I think. Ooh, that would be good. I think, you know, Dr. Stately, I think we had Jewel on our show. Um, I know that we've talked about this uh, preschool. Maybe it wasn't Jewel exactly, but it was a teacher from this school. Um with the Little Moments Count Group uh, that was here yeah. talking about yeah. the importance of the first 1,000 days of life or the importance of yep. the first five years. Um, and it was really wonderful to hear about all this work that's being done and uh, really how culturally immersed these children are. They're not just immersed in the language, but they're immersed in the culture. And I think especially with Ojibwe language, I have experience in that, that you know, the words themselves when you're learning the language teach you the culture. And I believe that a lot of words in Dakota exactly. are the same. Yeah, you can't exactly. separate the two. 
Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really important is because um, we are going to talk a little bit later in the next couple of segments about like um, some of the challenges that our community has around um, health outcomes and health disparities and a bunch of other disparities um, is like the importance of giving young children, young ones, um, the best start that they can possibly have um, so that they can have better health outcomes and better other um, social and emotional outcomes later in life as well. One of the things that we do know is that um, culture is um, um, uh, prevention and culture is healing. Mm -hmm. And the the way that we sort of begin to understand who we are as a cultural human beings starts with language and this construction of um, ideology and philosophy, which is all embedded in language, right? The ways in which we think, Absolutely. the ways in which we sort of relate to one another, ways um, of understanding who we are in the world. And that's really important to embed in our children at a very young age. Um, what we do know is that um, when we take the time to sort of help our young ones in this way, that they have um, uh, much better outcomes and, they, and it's a preventative way of making sure that they um, uh, steer clear of, um, it improves mental health, improves um, academic well-being, our academic mm -hmm. outcomes, which also improve their um, sense of self and self-esteem and yes. uh, better understanding of who they are in the world. And those are all really important things to sort of ensure that they they get um, through the really difficult times of like young, young childhood and adolescence. Adolescence these days and yes. young adulthood is like one of the most treacherous um, journeys that anybody has to take. So anything we can do to help them early um, is important. Yeah, and they say that um, early childhood education is uh, the easiest way to prevent um, – like, like you were saying, prevent people from um, having issues later on in life. It, it is prevention from uh, drug and alcohol, substance abuse. It's prevention from, um, you know, violence. It's prevention from, um, you know, those types of things that would put people on a path that um, they would have to spend more time healing from in their lives later on. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of our longtime listeners and supporters, uh, Jason from Camp McGeezy, just said immersion schools are language reclamation from residential schools. Um, residential schools was were not that long ago, and it really is a testament to the resilience of Native people that we are now building immersion schools, language schools, to take back what was taken from us in the um, genocide and uh, cultural violence that was... Um, yeah. residential schools yeah that's that's so, that's really true I, I i think i've talked about this before on our show is you know i was actually a boarding school survivor so i i think in my family's generation like we had four or five generations that went to boarding school all the way from carlisle through like my last um uh my me and my five older siblings we all went to boarding school um and so it isn't that long ago i'm only 60 years old um and one of the things I was never able, that I didn't understand, I had no understanding really of like why we didn't speak our language, but it became really critically aware, like later in life, like, oh, that's the cause, that's the root mm -hmm. right there. Exactly. And that was what they were set out to do when those were created. Dr. Stately, we're just wrapping up this segment and we'll be back on Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake with Dr. Anthony Stately, CEO of the Native American Community Clinic in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're talking about uh, culture. We're talking about health. We're talking about uh, all kinds of things related to being a Native person in uh, this modern age. Tune in and uh, stay tuned with us after this commercial break. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. 
However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jayselbys.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulio. A winter storm warning is in effect. Snow continues overnight with a low of 28. Then snow on Friday with a high of 31. The AM 950 calendar is back along with the new AM 950 poster. They're only available as thank you gifts for our members. To become a member, go to am950radio.com to see how you can sign up. Hi, this is Desi Doyen of the Green News Report and the Bradcast. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda. And you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, everybody. This is Ogama Ganuakwe from Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. I'm here with Dr. Anthony Stately, CEO of the Native American Community Clinic in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we're here uh, hosting together because Robert Pilot uh, was unable to join us tonight. He's got some official business for his tribe and his nation that he's working on tonight. But um, we are certainly glad and grateful to be here. And uh, we're talking about health. We're talking about culture. We're talking about language. Uh, but on the note of health, I just wanted to let everybody know that this portion of the show is brought to you by Minsure. Minsure can help you find a plan that covers your prescriptions and saves you money. You can visit mnsure.org to get started. So that's mnsure.org. And, you know, if you're a Native person, uh, there are some different uh, options that are available to you uh, when you apply at MNsure. So uh, make sure that you uh, check out what those options uh, might be. There's some things that are built into that program for Native people specifically. Um, Dr. Stately, it looks like you had another event you wanted to talk about tonight. Do you want to uh, take the lead for that? It's an IHS event, also known as Indian Health Service. Yeah, it's actually not an event, but currently right now the Indian, it's a national Indian health board actually is 
working with um, uh, as National Indian Health Board is comprised of all. Um, it's a it's a national sort of uh, uh, advocacy and uh, organization that represents all of the urban Indian health um, boards across the United States, including the one here in Minneapolis. Um, and um, one of the things that they do is they work really um, hard to advocate for uh, adequate resources and um, including uh, fiscal resources, but also um, you know, research opportunities, um, the delivery of care to improve uh, services that are delivered to American Indians living off reservation in urban areas at Indian Health, um, uh, um, IHS funded um, uh, Indian Health Board uh, facilities. One of the things I think that they're doing right now is they're trying to work hard to sort of um, build enough um, uh, support and advocacy for um, the Indian Health Service Advanced Appropriations for FY2024. We're working hard to try and get the current Congress to approve an advance um, uh, appropriation for the Indian Health Service for FY2024, which would be coming up in um, and uh, in, in, in the next cycle, advanced appropriations are really important because one of the things that it does is it helps to prevent any sort of like um, uh, government shutdowns or the impact of government shutdowns and those kinds of things mm-hmm. on the delivery of care. And one of the things is, that's really um, challenging is like um, is what happens to organizations um, that are delivering critical care services, uh, medical care services and um, uh, uh, under-resourced communities is um, having funding um, come to a halt because Congress can't pass an appropriations bill, um, Mm -hmm. which happens quite a bit. It's actually happened really very frequently with the last, um, under the last uh, administration um, Mm -hmm. um, because of the sort of the divided Congress. Um, And one of the things that um, it does is it just helps to prevent disruptions in services and ensures continuity of service. Um, that's a really important thing because, um, you know, many of you might know, or if you don't know, it's important to know that, you know, um, for 20 or 30 years, the, um, the uh, appropriations bill or the, um, the funding for um, Indian health services um, remained flat or at a very low rate. Um, did not yeah, no increases no yes. increases for like 20 or 30 years right which put us significantly back behind a lot of other health systems that support other communities um, Indian health service is the largest um, single um, health service uh, delivery system uh, serving tribal people all across Turtle Island and so um, we want to make sure that we can do everything that we can to support um, uh, the de- continuous delivery of care um, for our tribal communities and our and uh, living on and off reservation. So, um, go to the National Indian Health Board, which is nihb.org, and you can click a link and you can find your legislator and send your legislator a note right from your phone, um, encouraging them to uh, support an advanced leg- um, uh, appropriation for the Indian Health Service. Really important. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, one of the things that people also don't know and maybe need to know about this advanced appropriations that IHS is trying to get, they're trying to get funding uh, through the year 2024 and trying to get um, the federal government to agree for that level of funding. But um, this appropriation funding is part of discretionary funding, which is appropriated by Congress each year. And it's different from mandatory funding in the... um, federal government, which means each year the federal government has to go through and uh, vote and decide the annual funding for these programs for IHS. And there are other health programs uh, within the U.S., many other health programs within the U.S. that fall under a mandatory funding bar. Um, And parts of IHS do, but um, many of its Many of its fundings do not. And I think that's something to um, think about as well, that there's so much of our funding for IHS that each year uh, the government just simply refuses to put in the uh, mandatory funding category, you know, um, and that's yep. why these these groups like the um, National Indian Health Board are uh, forced to work so deeply and so um, 
frequently to get these future appropriation spending plans in place because, um, you know, I, I can't imagine working in those levels within IHS and realizing that each year, um, especially under the Trump administration, you know, what that level of stress would be that your yeah. your funding can be cut. Yeah, it is very stressful. I'm I'm this executive officer of a, a federally qualified healthcare center, um, which is we're we're not an IHS designated clinic. We're a federally qualified healthcare center, um, which um, serves the Native community, but. Um, when I took the helm at um, at NAC in December of 2016, six years ago, um, Trump had just been voted in. And if you recall, like one of the first things he did was he froze a lot of like he started sort of kind of like tinkering with, um, you know, things that people had kind of come become accustomed to. Like one thing he messed up um, um, really quickly was he didn't he did not pass any legislation or didn't agree to any legislation that would support community health centers across the entire nation. So one of the very first things that was struggling with was like this fiscal cliff that was going to happen at the end of my first term. Um, so he, he was refusing to move legislation that would continue to fund safety net um, clinics all across the United States. And one of the things that it one of the reasons that it was challenging was um, I had to sort of like uh, practically from the first moment I stepped into the clinic, I had to start thinking about okay, how am I going? How am I going to make up for a one and a half million dollar dollar shortfall in my budget because um, this uh, this uh, this uh, bill would not get passed? He kept doing this thing called continuing resolutions. So he'd mm-hmm. he'd um, he'd do a continuing resolution for like sixty or ninety days to give us like small bits of funding for a period of time, but like it's hard to operate an organization or operate any kind of um, meaningful um, safety net uh, service for communities when you don't know if you're going to have funding past 60 or 90 days. So um, that was my first year or two of of working under the Trump administration um, in a federally qualified healthcare center. So these things, these um, appropriations and these decisions about giving continuous funding to organizations, long, uh, a long pathway, a long road, for them to be able to plan, plan accordingly, maintain staff, maintain services, especially in critically unmet um, or critically um, uh, unmet areas um, and disadvantaged communities is really, really critically important. It's hard to sort of try to plan what you can do in six months, in a year, in two years, if you don't even know if you're going to have the funding. Um, and at the time um, when um, we were, we were um, we, when the, we were in that situation. The award that we got, the funding that we got from the federal government under the federally qualified healthcare um, structure was about a half of our budget. So for them to not fund it would have been, um, yeah. like, would have like- Completely devastating. The, yeah, it would have cut us off at the knees. One of the things that it did do for me was that I pivoted and realized like I can't rely on this kind of structure for regular funding. So I I diversified our funding strategy and our funding platform. And, you know, today we, today they only re- represent like less than 10% of our funding. So, Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, under the appropriations too, um, it's not just departments of health and human services. It also includes labor department and education mm-hmm. under that yep. umbrella yep. too. So yep. a lot of the things that are quote unquote wrong um, in the U.S. and things that people are really fighting for, for social justice and for change fall under one of those umbrellas. And uh, we can't yep. get guaranteed funding for those um, each year from the federal mm-hmm. government. You know, no wonder that it's so hard to get this work done. Yeah. And this is challenging from the perspective of sovereignty, right? So these things, these things, these quote unquote entitlements that the Republicans always have so many challenges with, that's how they label them. Um, those aren't entitlements. Those are things that we um, ceded land for. We, you know, these things are written into treaty. You will give us these things because we are giving up the use of our land and and the, and, and, the, and the quote unquote entitlements to to use um, our traditional homelands. And so part of it is just recognizing that those things are supposed to be guaranteed to us through um, all of the treaties that our um, ancestors have negotiated with the federal government. Um, Exactly. those things are supposed to be in place uh, for time immemorial. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The land was given um, in um, 
in those treaties and the way that those treaties were understood was that we would be cared for as a people and that there would be um, those things set aside for Native peoples. And, you know, there's not a Native nation in the U.S. or in Turtle Island that didn't sign some sort of treaty at some point. Um, and every single one of those treaties at some point has also been broken. And when we talk about sovereignty and why it matters, it matters to health service appropriations funding and this day and age you know treaties are still active breathing documents and they need to be honored so dr stately we're just coming to the end of this segment here and we've got uh one more segment to uh talk about some other awesome things that um relate to again being a native and the current culture you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake this is ogama ganua quay with dr anthony stately we'll be right back after these short messages stay tuned I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, Matt McNeil here. For the last two years, AM 950 has been so grateful with all the members who've signed up to support the radio station. And as a thank you, we've sent out the AM 950 calendars. Well, for 2023, get ready for even more thank yous. The AM 950 2023 calendar is ready to go, featuring photos I took around Minnesota. Members who sign up with a one-time $50 membership or a recurring monthly membership of $10 will be helping to support the largest progressive radio station in the state. And as a thank you, we'll send you the 2023 calendar. Brand new this year is the AM 950 National Parks poster. The poster features photos I took of the national parks in various locations in Utah, Arizona, and Colorado this year. If you help support AM950 by becoming a member with a one-time $99.50 donation or a recurring $25 per month donation, AM950 will send the poster and the calendar as a thank you. Help AM950 keep broadcasting the powerhouse progressive lineup you love and help keep Minnesota blue. Go to am950radio.com to sign up as a member and thank you so much for supporting AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Ho! Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ogama Ganuakwe standing in for Robert Pilot with our guest host, Dr. Anthony Stately, CEO of the Native American Community Clinic. And it looks like he also has his kitty um, and his screen is a little bit frozen. So uh, thanks to the weather, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And we've been having a little bit of uh, Internet and other issues happening uh, throughout the state. Dr. Stately, can you hear me? Are you with us? Your head's moving again. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I can this still hear the, you. This is Boy Kitty. Oh, he boy does Kitty. this thing okay. where he, yeah, he comes down and he flops right in front of my computer um, oh. when he wants to be um, held or loved. Yes. And that is exactly so. what he's receiving. I, I would yeah, want so. the same if I were a cat on a day like today. <laughs> he's going to get a little everywhere. bit of love and then it's going to get shoved off the table here in a second. So. <laughs> 
I think they prefer it that way. That's what cats prefer. Um, Robert Wendy already gave us a little bit of a howl, uh, Dr. Stately, but I just want to let everybody know this portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. And I also wanted to remind everybody that the – Division or Department of Indian Works event for tonight uh, at the uh, elementary school has been canceled. Again, that was uh, an event that was scheduled tonight for vaccines, for uh, COVID, for flu, um, all of those types of things. And uh, for tonight, it has been canceled, uh, likely due to the weather. And uh, they should be uh, announcing a reschedule of this event. It was supposed to be at Dayton's Bluff Elementary School in St. Paul uh, from 4 to 8 p.m. tonight. And it has been canceled, so uh, follow the interfaith action of Greater St. Paul and the Department of Indian Work uh, to find out when this is going to be rescheduled or tune in again to Native Roots Radio. We'll announce it when we get more information on the rescheduling. Dr. Stately, we've had a really interesting and um, in-depth show tonight talking about um, culture and health impacts and um, treaties Um Angie Vig of Big Guitars just posted, you know, we're supposed to be cared for under these treaties and we are the least cared for. And it's really frustrating. Um, But, you know, there are a lot of really great organizations uh, like the National Indian Health Board, like you mentioned earlier, Dr. Staley, as well as the um, immersion schools here in the Twin Cities that are doing this work. But um, we have you on our show every week, Dr. Stately, and we don't get a lot of time uh, to talk about, you know, when we're talking about all these health issues, we don't get a lot of time to talk about the great work that NAC does um, and how people can support them. So we've been doing a lot of talking about this being the season of giving and giving to your favorite Native American organizations. Dr. Stately, does NAC have anything that they're doing for an end of the year uh, funding or giving season drive? Yes, we are. Thank you for mentioning that. That's really thoughtful and kind of you. So um, Native American Community Clinic is closing out the year um, for 2022. And uh, we are currently doing a, uh, a donor drive, um, our, um, a call for donations. Um, one of the things we're hoping to do is uh, raise a little bit of extra cash to support our frontline workers who, of course, have been really um, just, uh, you know, um, uh, really impacted greatly by um, COVID-19 over the last year or two. Um, we have, you know, they're, they're burned out, they're, um, they're raw, um, they're, you know, just um, the, <clears throat> I was just talking with my board today, today was my board retreat, and I was telling my board, like, you know, I tell everybody on the planet, everybody that will listen to me that I have the best staff and the most amazing team on the planet. I know that you all think that you do, but actually it's me. I have the best and most amazing um, uh, team. And, um, you know, they show up every single day. They give their heart and their soul, their blood, their sweat, their tears to the work that we do to lift up and improve the health and well-being of our relatives and our community. And, you know, I want to just end the year by giving them a little bit of extra support, a little bit of extra, you know, something nice that they can kind of take um, home to their um, families and, um, and um, share the love with them. And we're doing a drive right now. Um, all, every um, dollar that you donate to NAC at, um, on our website at NAC-healthcare.org, there's a button there you can click and, um, and be a, a one-time donor or a sustaining donor, um, you know, and, and any little bit amount happens. Nothing is too small or too large to give um, to support us. And um, uh, we're going to use that money to support our frontline workers and their families um, during this um, um, this season. Um, and we're closing out the year 2022 with uh, as much love and commitment and, and hard work as we always do. We're starting 2023, which is actually the year of our 20th birthday. So we're really excited about that. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah. Almost legal. You know, almost legal. <laughs> yeah. You were saying that well, last week or earlier this week that NAC was almost going to be 20 years old. And that's, I mean, 20 years of working mm-hmm. to, I mean, Native American Community Clinic is really working towards health equity for Native people in the, yes. in the Twin Cities. And that's 20 years of working towards that goal is, um, 
it's something to be proud of. And it's something that is, I think, unique to the Twin Cities here in Minnesota, too. There are not very many clinics like NAC uh, who are doing this work uh, in exactly in the way that you do. And uh, I just want to give this plug one more time for people who are listening. It's NAC, N-A-C-C hyphen healthcare.org and there's a donate button right there so if you want to donate to um, helping their frontline staff workers uh, who have been you know working through COVID and having um, stress and uh, burnout and um, you know just needing to take some of those uh, supports that uh, our community as Native culture calls for um, that is what that funding is going directly to support which is I think a unique opportunity for people who are looking to give this season they know exactly what that funding is going for and uh, it's something culturally relevant as well yeah thank you so much I really appreciate the uh, the call for support um, and I know my staff will really appreciate it as well I, I certainly hope so. And I also want to remind people too, you know, if you're a Minnesota relative and uh, you're down the Twin Cities, um, you can go to NAC Healthcare and they can give you an updated COVID booster. They can give you a flu shot. Um, they can check in with you for, you know, just general health issues. Um, they have a dental clinic. I think you guys have, do you guys have mental health yet? We do have mental health. We have uh, mental health and have chemical health as well, right? Chemical health, yes. We have chemical yes. health. We have a medically medication assisted treatment program that provides suboxone to people who are struggling in our communities with opioid use disorder, and we also have a community health program which provides um, all kinds, a range of services. One of the things we're most proud of is our traditional healing program. We have elders and residents and, um, and community healers and spiritual care providers that provide critically important cultural healing services to our communities in a variety of ways as well. So. Absolutely. That's amazing. I I am not in the Twin Cities. I live a little bit further north in uh, central Minnesota, and I really wish that there was an opportunity for um, – you know, something like that in my area, something like that here uh, where I live, um, having an elder resident, somebody that I can go to um, when I'm not feeling well. So, Dr. Stately, we have just about a minute left. Is there anything we didn't get a chance to talk about you want to just close with? No, that's uh, no. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to be a co-host. I will tell you that, and it's important that everybody else know too, is that we do do virtual visits and we see people from all over the state not just from the twin cities we have relatives who come down all the way from the northern reservations to get dental work and to see some of our providers for their care so you know um don't be a stranger all right. I, I am gonna stop in next time again that's uh, nacc-healthcare.org thank you dr stately for joining us tonight on native roots radio presents i'm awake We'll probably see you again on Monday um, to keep talking about the great work that you're doing. And we really appreciate your support of Native Roots Radio and uh, our show here. So tune in, everybody, tomorrow to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Thank you for listening. And again, miigwetch to you, Dr. Stately. Miigwetch. Everybody be safe.